Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Today we move into the 13th chapter of Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, and the final chapter, which will bring us to the close of this epistle. We know from chapter 12 that Paul is preparing for a visit to the church at Corinth, which is evidently his third. On his first visit, he stayed for about 18 months and evangelized and planted the church. His second visit was to warn sinning believers to get their house in order, and his third visit will deal with those who failed to abandon sinful practices. It sounds like this church is a challenge. It is a handful. It is a church of born-again believers, though Paul makes it clear that there may be some who are members of the church with a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have never truly been born again. And that's a real concern for him, and he doesn't want them to go on in a false assurance of salvation. And so in this 13th chapter, he's going to challenge them vigorously to examine themselves to be sure that they are in the faith. And so Paul is coming, in spite of having his apostolic credentials questioned by critics and even apparently by some of the members of the church. But Paul is determined to faithfully discharge his responsibilities as an apostle of Jesus Christ, as the founding preacher of that church, the founding father, we would say, of that church. And he knows that Christ will support him as he comes now on his third visit to bring correction to the church. Verses 1, 2, and 3 tell us about this examination. 2 Corinthians 13, 1. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before, and foretell, as if I were present the second time, and now being absent, I write to those who have sinned before, and to all the rest, that... If I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. What is Paul saying here? Well, he is telling them that he is coming to examine them. In chapter 12, he told them that they should examine themselves in the light of what he wrote in that chapter and what he's written in this epistle. And he tells them he will give them a space of time between receiving 2 Corinthians and his arrival for his visit, but he makes it clear that when he comes, he's going to be doing some 
examining of them. And what does he tell us about this examination? Well, in verse 1, he tells us it's going to be a principled examination. Paul is not a tyrant. Paul is not on a tirade. Paul is not throwing his weight around in order to please himself and to prove to himself that he's a big somebody. Paul is not going to mistreat them or examine them, confront them, and challenge them in an ungodly way, as does happen sometimes, but Paul is not going to do that. Again, verse 1, this will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I think I need to pause and welcome you to this Thursday, December, or rather November 30th, Beacon Broadcast. We are getting close to December, but we're not there yet. That's tomorrow. But today is the last day of November. And I welcome you to this edition of the Beacon Broadcast and remind you that we do need financial support to continue this ministry on this station. And as we are coming close to the end of the year, this would be a good time to ask you to prayerfully consider a year-end gift for the Beacon Broadcast. Well, what is Paul talking about when he says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established? I read again all of verse 1. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. And then these words, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Just making that statement makes it clear that there's going to be a time of examination. There's going to be a time of judgment when Paul comes. That's judgment language right out of Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 15, which says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. A principle enunciated by God through Moses in the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament and carried out by the Jews during the Old Testament period. We find several references to that practice of having two or three witnesses, and we find it picked up by Christ in Matthew chapter 18, where he says in verses 15 and 16, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So that is the principle established in the book of Deuteronomy and carried out throughout the Old Testament and reiterated by Jesus Christ who came to inaugurate the New Testament or the New Covenant. This principle that you do not judge someone unless there is sufficient evidence. You do not condemn someone as guilty unless there are witnesses who can attest to the evidence that demonstrates that they are guilty. 
So Paul says, when I come to you, I'm going to come to you to judge the reports of sinful conduct in your congregation that has not already been dealt with. I've told you what concerns me. I've given you time, or I will be giving you time between the reception of this epistle and my visit, my third visit to you. But when I come, I'm going to make sure that these things have been dealt with properly. I'm going to come and basically act as your judge. Again, reading verse 1, this will be the third time I am coming to you by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. And so Paul is reiterating the rules that will be used for determining the guilt of the Corinthian believers, the Corinthian church members, the very same rules of law that were, that were employed in the Old Testament for court cases there to settle issues that came before the Old Testament judges. They could not condemn a person. They could not judge a person guilty without evidence. It had to be at the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so what Paul is doing is assuring that when he comes, whatever he does is going to be done equitably. It's going to be done according to principle, according to the Word of God. Whatever examinations take place, we could call these a trial, if you if you please. It's going to be a fair trial for everybody who's involved. He's going to make sure that he is dealing with facts, not simply rumors. Oh, how important that is. How oftentimes people grab a hold of rumors and immediately assume that that is correct without investigating, without getting the evidence, without getting witnesses. It hasn't been that long ago when the war broke out between Hamas and Israel, Hamas launching, if I remember correctly, actually up to thousands of missiles toward Israel and, and creating deaths and damage, and, and then and then invaded Israel and took captives, killed some, and, and treated them brutally, and and carried others away captive into, into Gaza. And it wasn't long after that until a missile exploded in the parking lot of a hospital and did some damage, and I think some people were killed in that explosion. And immediately, a report went out, no doubt perpetrated by Hamas, but a, but a report went out that Israel had shelled, had bombed a, a hospital and killed 500 people. The report being that Israel had deliberately aimed one of their missiles at the hospital and had done terrible damage and 500 deaths, which was comparable to the number of deaths that Hamas had, had uh, was responsible for in the land of Israel. And that account, which turned out to be false, that report went around the world immediately. 
And there were many people who continued to spread it, to, to repeat it, even after the evidence pointed to this being an errant missile sent by people on, on Hamas's side. Some of their own people that were firing missiles toward Israel, and a number, I understand, that a number of their missiles uh, fell short, did not go where they were aimed. A number of them fell in Gaza instead of in Israel, and this was one of them. And all the evidence, all the evidence pointed in that direction. I, I read several articles about it and all the different things that said this is not a missile from Israel, this is a missile from Hamas, and the evidence was pretty convincing. But many people grabbed the first report and spread it because evidently that's what they wanted to believe, but it was false. And that's an example of what we're talking about here. Paul says, there isn't going to be any of that when I come. I'm not going to come and punish anybody on the basis of a report, a rumor, some kind of a report that may or may not be true. I'm going to weigh the evidence very carefully, and I'm going to require evidence. I'm going to require proof. I'm going to require witnesses, just like was required of Israel in the Old Testament. My examination of you is going to be principled. It will be a proper and thorough examination considering all of the evidence. You can be sure of that. But there will be an examination. But never fear. I'm not going to misjudge anyone. I'm not going to falsely accuse anyone. The, ex the evidence will be carefully examined. The witnesses will be carefully heard. Well, come back tomorrow. We'll con continue. Until then, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.